want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Life, the Power of Water, Global Warming, which means climate change, and your health. You know, the one of the concerns and the reason I have the Sharon Kleiner Hour is the concerns that you have not taken, all of us on this planet, that every moment of the day when we wake up and we look outside at the earth we're living with, we have to learn to live with the earth. The earth is not going to live with us like we need to learn to live here. That means climate changing each day, concerns and education of our health, and your life, and what you're doing for yourself, and proactiveness concerning education. Where else in the world can you be with the freedom of mind and choice mentally to listen and dive in to the Internet, go to your library, study, with, and read behind all of your products about your concerns, and learn to live with the fact that when you wake up and you're a little tired that day, what you can do about it. What are you eating? How are you sleeping? Are you drinking enough water? Now, the power of water means the earth is living with water. Everything is created with water. You must have oxygen in the air with water. So, and you have 60 trillion cells. And that, those cells are being the performance and the, all of the ability of those cells to give you personally the life you want to lead to reduce stress and less viruses and less allergies and less, not the dry eye that's out of control. Every five seconds, someone on this earth is going blind because of dry eye, which means not enough natural moisture in the eye coming from the air. So we need to learn more about our diet. But there's something out there, a secret. Now, when you keep hearing that word secret from everyone, writing the books or whatever it may be, I believe that earth has the secret. And once you learn to reach to that earth and you pick up that power, higher power with the earth, you will learn. You will receive so much information and be able to learn to be your own research scientist and evaluate some theories that you might have for yourself to learn to be healthier. And when you're healthier, that'll be vulnerable to somebody else to also want to be healthy. You have something, though, that has been the reason I started my research over 25 years ago, the skin organ. The skin organ is the surface of your earth, your life, everything about you. Outside the skin, people forgot that it all can't be treated inside the skin. How do you take care of yourself? Now, we're learning about climate change, global warming, dry air, but indoor conditions, forced air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, chemistry in your fabrics, your detergents, your clothing, electricity, all of these elements, paints, chemistry. You're living indoors more than you're living outdoors, although over in Argentina, the government says you cannot be outdoors very much because of the ozone hole above Argentina, and Argentina is having blistering and severe problems. But today we have a very exciting guest that I'm really glad that he could take some time and be with us because he is such he is so busy. He's living in an area, his name is Dr. Richard Rasmussen. He lives in a community that cannot have or attract enough doctors to come here and be in dermatology. So he and his partner 
I have overloads that you can't believe. People can't get appointments for six months. So he's dedicated. And Dr. Rasmussen is an MD, PhD, very exciting background. And we're going to learn about that skin today. And I hope that you will listen carefully, you will educate yourself, and want more. We're going to listen from our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Today we have Dr. Richard Rasmussen. He's an MD, Ph.D., He's a dermatologist, and his life has been dedicated, and I've talked with Dr. Rasmussen. His mission is concerning you, your life, and your skin. Dr. Rasmussen, are you with us? I sure am. Good to talk with you again, Sharon. Well, thank you, and I know how busy you are, and I try to, in the show, we're going to try to get as much education in, and if you find myself interrupting to ask some questions for the audience to really understand but before we get going on this education, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Well, I'm 54 years old. As you say, I live in Grants Pass, an area that's medically underserved and certainly underserved by dermatologists. And my undergraduate was in University of California, Davis, in biochemistry. Then I attended medical school at University of California, San Diego, where I did both MD and PhD degrees as part of the medical scientist training program. Mm -hmm. And I finished there in 1989. Then I went back to St. Louis to uh, consider academic medicine and did my internship and residency there and decided my heart was really in the small town, which was my background, and came back to Oregon and have been very happy here ever since. And I practice in Grants Pass and in Brookings and between the two areas. As you said, I have a very busy practice. I know you've been trying to help us work on getting more doctors and dermatologists to the area, and we appreciate that. So far, we haven't made much uh, progress, but we're still working on it. Yeah, it's like anything else. We need to really uh, start a campaign with a real plan, and we will. We, we, I know it can be done. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, today, let's start out with our uh, education on the show. Okay. And as you know, this is a global show. And uh, what we need to do, and let's start out by mentioning, ex- describe from medical school the skin organ. Well, it's the largest organ in the body. And mm-hmm. as you, you know, have emphasized and I think uh, have a good perspective on, it is moisturized uh, prior to our birth, and then it's exposed to the external environment. And those cells that we are born with are the cells we have to die with. And if we do too much damage to them along the way, we're going to have problems, problems with skin cancers, problems with other diseases, problems with infection, and uh, problems with aging, which uh, some people are more concerned about than others, but uh, certainly is a concern. The appearance of the skin is our outward 
uh, view from the rest of the world, and uh, if we destroy it, we can't uh, fix it. It fixes itself quite magically because God's gift of uh, healing for us, but you can't trick the system too many times or you make a bargain with the devil. Mm-hmm. Now, that is true. In fact, a lot of people have ignored the skin uh, because of they will, they're more concerned about the appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, they, and that is true. There is an appearance if they learn what that appearance is. Um, let's say the skin organ on the outside, a lot of people think, and we want them to drink 10 to 12 glasses of water a day, safe water, from morning until night to keep it supple and, and moisture and lubrication and, and, and let it be the natural sieve to detoxify. But uh, what I found, Dr. Rasmussen, a lot of people never thought, it, it, no, people out there in the world, not in the medical field, out in the world, that the outside of the skin needs full-time care. Uh, what would, what do you, have you found, that, that the misunderstanding that the skin organ functions, your, all of your health, everything there is about you, and they never thought about how important it was, the functioning on the outside coming into the body? Well, it's your primary immune defense. If your skin is intact, it keeps the outside world out. If it's not intact, it won't keep the outside world out. So if it gets dry and gets little cracks in it, mm-hmm. chemicals that couldn't get through that barrier are going to get through that barrier. There we go. And then the drier you are, the more susceptible you are to disease, bacteria, and problems. Not just uh, bacteria and viruses, but other inflammatory disorders as well, because chemicals are going to get down. The skin is an immune organ as well. It has immune cells that reside in it that stay and have memory. Mm -hmm. And if you irritate that system, you begin to irritate the rest of the body as well. It's interacting with your emotions, interacting with your immune system, both locally and systemically. Okay, now um, we, uh, we know we should drink a lot of water. Now, what is happening? Have you gone into any of the air problems? In other words, what have you learned that that are some of the problems of the air? Uh, Because there should be a natural moisture that we can't see in the air to help keep the skin supple. What have you learned? I know we're going to get into the more obvious later, the ones that make the most amount of money called sun blocks and sun. We'll do that later. But what have you found when people are living their everyday life, what they should consider about keeping moisture around them. How do they do that? Because the skin on the outside needs that particular moisture in the air. That's true. What, what I believe very strongly is just what I said a minute ago. The skin is a barrier, okay? And if it's intact, it's an intact barrier, and it provides immense protection. Think of the number of things that you spill on your skin that are caustic and harsh over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And most of them do no harm. And when they start to do harm is when you begin to lose that barrier so that even minor irritants in the environment can get through the skin and cause a great deal more trouble than a significant uh, toxin would cause if your barrier was intact. So, um, Now, barrier means good moisture on the Good moisture, good supple skin. And that doesn't mean, uh, and I, we need to, you know, our society, Dr. Rasmussen, ever since Cleopatra invented the first pack against the skin. There became a formulated compound called compounds of creams and lotions and potions and oils. And they were allowed to say moisturizing moisture. And people were so confused, intelligent people, that if you put the cream on your skin, that's moisture. It is not. Well, some of the... uh Best moisturizers are things that attract and hold water into the skin. 
if there's moisture there, but what if you're too dry? Well, it, it, again, different people have different uh, degrees of dryness exactly. on their skin. Some people have very supple, youthful yeah. skin because they've got good moisture inherent mm-hmm. in their skin, and other people tend to have much drier skin and have much mm-hmm. more troubles from early times on and throughout their life. It, not all of it is external damage. Some of it is genetics of what you're born mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. But to the extent that you can uh, restore that moisture and decrease what's called transepidermal water loss, which is water coming through the body, out through the skin, and being lost to the environment, mm-hmm. uh, the better off you are. So the more you keep that intact and supple, the mm-hmm. better off you are. Now, have you learned in your background, and I don't want to lead you into something you haven't really studied much, the difference between, you know, we take our shower and we have a choice of a bath. Did you ever learn the differences between the shower and the bath to keep yourself supple and, and, and pores open and, and able to keep a moisture used? You know, we've had in the old world, Dr., the uh, Japanese hot tub. We've had the Roman bath. We've had the Swedish steam. We've had the Finnish sauna. Uh, then we had bathtubs. Now we're into hot tubs. We have a jacuzzi. Is there something there that you could tell us that you found that might be a, a little secret for people to keep themselves detoxified and moisturized? Well, the more you put heat into the system, two things happen. One is that you open up the pores and you release whatever is in there. But the second thing is biochemical reactions increase with increased temperature. So if mm-hmm. you have an inflamed area and you put heat to it, it's going to get more inflammation. Yes. So you may yes. make a process worse. But if you don't have inflammation, you have an intact skin, then heat can certainly give some useful purposes. Uh, one thing you and I have talked about before, uh, Sharon, is the big difference between what uh, traditional medicine does and what the rest of the world does. And, you know, my background is uh, University of California Davis, a school where I did biochemistry, then an MD-PhD program, which was very heavy in the basic sciences and the traditional sciences. And early on, before I even went to medical school, somebody said to me, you know, uh, if I were a doctor, the first thing I would ask somebody is, what do you eat? Now, very rarely during medical school did anybody ever ask that. The other thing they don't ask is, you know, what are you exposed to and how do you treat yourself? So medicine has traditionally tried to fix problems after the fact. Mm -hmm. It hasn't done as much as you're doing in terms of trying to find out how do we prevent those problems. And that's what I appreciate that you're trying to do. Well, yeah, thank you very much for saying that. Uh, You you said a a key word, preventative, Mm -hmm. proactive preventiveness. What can we learn? And Now, the skin is the largest organ of the body. Uh It is the most vital organ of the body. It's functioning everything. Well, it helps us make vitamins. It helps. It's our primary source for making vitamin D to help keep our bones strong, so you don't think of that as the circulation that you do. The nerve endings. Sure. And uh, that vitamin D also helps us prevent cancers that come down the road. So it's a, it's a blessing. God didn't put the sun up there to destroy us. Right. Uh, he put it there and expected us to have moderation in what we did with all things. So thank you certain for amount, moderation. certain amount of sun exposure is going to be beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. If you try and overdo it, if you try to win the tanning contest, you're going to have troubles down the road. Mm-hmm. Your skin is going to get leathery. The barrier is going to get broken down. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the appearance you want, and you're likely to get skin cancer, so that's all We'll trouble. get into that here. Now, uh, we were talking about the sun, but in my studies, doctor, I found something that a lot of us, from the moment we were born in that delivery room and left that pocket of my mother's water, and we ended into that, entered into the vacuum of 
absorption loss Mm -hmm. and water loss. That moment of dehydration beginning that life process of beginning of birth to death called dehydration to the end. The skin organ's ability to be hydrated and absorb an internal, uh, external. The indoor conditions concerned me years and years ago. And one of the reasons I got behind uh, and worried about skin cancer, taking more lives in time than any disease on earth over over heart disease, over anything we could imagine, even stress, is the fact that indoor conditions, because they wanted to be very energy savings, forced air, heating, cooling, insulated, insulated, tight windows, tight walls, chemistry in all the fabrics of the carpeting and the chairs and your clothing and your detergents and paints and and something we forget about uh, that maybe you won't mind touching on with me today is all of the electricity and satellites in the air that are draining. There would not be a successful satellite uh, electricity if it wasn't drawing on moisture that we can't see through the electrolytic ability of electrolytic science that has been learned. Your radio program goes out over the web. Yes. But old radio went out over AM transition, and anybody yes. who's driven a car and listened to an AM radio can sense that electricity when they press on the accelerator exactly. or when they go uh, under high-tension wires or go by there we go. where it is disrupted. Now, what you said about indoor conditions, we see more troubles with the skin in the wintertime than we do during the summertime because forced air heat is on, wood-burning stoves are on, Yeah. Uh, People's uh, skin gets drier, and again, the barrier gets broken down, so psoriasis gets worse, eczema gets worse. Some of that yeah. may also be decreased sun exposure, but a lot of it is that dry air that they're getting uh, during the winter time when they're indoors more. And even though it's cold and it may be rainy, the air doesn't hold as much moisture, so the relative yeah. humidity drops. You know, I was uh, in Manhattan recently, and we were talking with a young girl from, she's a biochemist, and and background extraordinary, and she said, I was telling her, like, in these big office buildings, there's mm-hmm. there's no windows that can even be open. Right, right. And uh, I said, why don't we put bowls of water uh, in the room, collect attractive bowls, keep water in the bowl, and let the moisture be pulled out of the bowl by the air all naturally. Or you and put it on a, a minor source of heat. So exactly, or, but if you don't have that in office right. buildings, right. you can find those bowls around. And right. she's, she's a biochemist, and she's, oh, my gosh, I never thought about it. And this is something we all need to consider. Have you noticed, doctor, there's more stress, anger, and problems throughout the winter until sun comes, and all of a sudden we're in outdoors more, and you don't hear about all those stress things I, on the I news? Certainly, uh know that uh, we do get growth in the spring and thing there is a resurrection and uh, people's moods do improve and that's mm-hmm. uh, getting outdoors seeing that the world hasn't ended and uh, mm-hmm. life is going to be bright again for people yes right that sun sun feeling yep yeah now let's go back to something that's fascinating too and we're going to take a break and we'll come right back after the break but tell us about the nerve endings in the skin because there's a lot of sensory in the skin uh, we have 60 trillion cells living in our body, that's a water level, 
but tell us about those nerve endings and surface endings that people need to think about so they can get kind of a feel why they sometimes wonder, why do I feel that about that? Why does that make me feel that way? What, if, what do we learn about nerve endings? Well, the nerve endings, again, uh, they're there for our proprioception. So we have the most nerve endings, say, at the tips of the fingers, where we have to know where our fingertips are so that we have good ability to manipulate things. Mm-hmm. We have nerve endings up near the surface of the skin, but they are covered by layers of the Mm -hmm. skin so that they are not exposed. If the barrier gets broken down and gets cracked and dry, those nerve endings get exposed. When they get exposed, they're going to fire off, and people are going to get a sensation of itch or burning. That's going to go to the brain. Mm -hmm. The brain's going to get anxious over that because it's going to say, why are these nerves firing off so much? Now, are you just saying possibly something that I ran into in research is that the drier the skin Mm -hmm. at the surface, the more anxiety, the more stress. I I do believe that. I I don't know that everybody believes that, but here's the feedback, okay? The skin gets dry, gets little cracks in it. The nerves get exposed. That makes you start to itch. You rub that area. You have then given it a physical signal, and maybe you've broken the barrier a little bit more. Call it dehydrated area. That says, right, more inflammation here. That stretches the nerves, makes it itch more. Then you go to bed that night. Your brain was busy all day long. It didn't pay attention to those nerves. But overloaded. It's overloaded by it. And you don't sleep that well that night. So the next morning you get up and you say, why am I so anxious and upset? Your brain says to your immune system, we're under attack. Let's fight harder. It sends out more inflammatory cells. It's all a false reaction. Mm-hmm. And it never should have happened, but it mm-hmm. builds, and people get into cycles where that builds to a tremendous amount to where they're completely stressed out, and that's why they make the association of stress and the disorder, but it's a feedback loop is what it okay. is. Okay, a feedback. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and we're going to come back on that feedback, and then we're going to get into uh, learning more about skin cancer. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Life, the Power of Water in Your Life, Global Warming, which means climate change, and your health. And Today we have Dr. Richard Rasmussen, who's a dermatologist, MD, PhD, and we were talking uh, when we took that moment about uh, feedback on the skin and what we're learning, how you feel in your skin. And did you notice, Doctor, what I said, how you feel in your skin? That's an individuality. That's true. And uh, the skin being wrapped over the skeleton of our life, our body, and you were talking about the, an itch in a spot or a, a something uncomfortable in the different parts of your body through the skin from the outside in mostly, you feel it. And the dehydration level of what might be causing that, anxiety, stress. What are some of the tips on 
what to do for that, and then we're going to get into learning more about skin cancer. But what about the bath? Let me tell you a couple things not to do first. One, people often get an area like that and they put alcohol on it. They think either that it's infected and they need to put alcohol on it or the alcohol goes on and it cools the area. And when you cool it, those nerves don't fire off as much. But alcohol is going to dry that area out. Dehydrate it further. Yeah. Take moisture out of it. People often start washing or scrubbing the area. Again, they think Mm -hmm. there's some infection there or something they need to get rid of, and what they do is they dry the skin more, they expose them. Dehydrate, take the moisture out again. They put a chemical into that area that irritates the skin that either has a lot of fragrance or a lot of color to it, and the immune system reacts against that foreign Mm -hmm. material that's getting down inside. So Mm -hmm. what what I have people do is try and cool the area down. Mm -hmm. First, cool their self down, okay? Take a moment and say, you know, is this really anything, or can I just, you know, get myself over it? You know, think now, when about you say what's cool going the on. area down. Does that mean cool the skin down or cool your mind down? I, first, I say cool Take your a mind bit of down. Space. Yeah, and just think, you know, what is, what is actually going on? Do I respond okay. to this immediate thing and start digging the heck out of it, or do I just, you know, put my mind and say, can I get by this and let it settle down? Mm-hmm. The second thing is cooling the skin down by putting some moisture on there. Mm-hmm. You have your products that uh, can be sprayed on, and certainly that uh, moisture is going to cool the area and it's going to help uh, moisturize the area as well, too. All natural. It's going to do no harm, and it's going to have some potential benefit to the area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, these particular products with Nature's Tears Eye Mist or Nature's Mist or BioMedWash Bio are all tissue culture grade of water. And you being a Ph.D., you know what tissue culture creative water is and a lot the of level of absorption. Right. But it does, when the body is 98 degrees, it does act as a cooling agent to, for absorption levels sure. and manipulations. But back to uh, before we move on to skin cancer, and uh, what, how, what, what do you think about the difference between a bathtub, a bath, or a shower? Um, you know, I have no background in my stuff. Okay, see, I had learned, uh, the reason I asked you is uh, that in the old world, the bath is a detoxifier and a moisturizer. It absorbs and detoxifies. The shower is actually rinsing us mm-hmm. and leaving more film on us. And there's something that people should recognize. They're not taking enough baths. Uh, especially men, women love the tub bath, but it is it's a detoxifier. And the shower is only rinsing you, not really getting rid of what you would hope uh, as a toxin. Let's go into uh, the skin cancer. Okay. Let's find, let's, why is skin getting cancer? Well, I'll change that question, okay? Okay, do so. David Baltimore was a Nobel Prize winner, and he gave a talk once that I went to that said, "Why why is cancer so rare? Rather than thinking, why do we get cancer, why does our body work so magically that we can cut it, injure it, put tobacco into it, have all the environmental disruptions, all the uh, ultraviolet disruptions that we do to it, and all of us aren't dead by the time we're 30 from Mm -hmm. cancers. It's because the body has the ability to do repair, but it's Mm -hmm. when you overload that repair Mm -hmm. that you get cancer. So if you take tobacco, a person inhales tobacco, they don't get cancer at age 20. They get it at age 50 or 60, usually much later in life, because it takes a long time for that damage to occur. The skin is the same way. You get damage, as you say, starting from birth, and most of the damage that people do that causes them skin cancer is during those very early years of their life when their skin is more susceptible to it. Now, how do they watch that? Um, 
Uh, now we the did. Nature and the skin gives you signs. When you get freckles, those freckles are not there because you're a cute little doe, a Bambi. Those freckles are there because you've damaged the skin, and your skin is trying to put up umbrellas to protect the DNA down below them. Have genetic you noticed a lot of people below. are getting more uh, moles than ever in history? Have you noticed that? Um, it's just fascinating to see people with more moles and more large moles that stick above the skin that are growing. Uh, maybe you aren't going to call them moles. But I'm going to do that for the audience so they can kind of recognize in their mind. They're living with moles, lots of moles, all over the body in time. What is the symptom of that, a sign of that? Well, most of the moles, moles to us is called nevus. Mm -hmm. Nevus is Latin for nest. So it's Mm -hmm. a nest of pigmented cells that have migrated to a certain area during our embryonic life and then Mm -hmm. appeared there. So they're predominantly genetic, their appearance there, and people get them Mm -hmm. up to their... 40s or so, and then don't tend to get as many after that. But you get other things that maybe people will think of as moles, which are lenigos, which are very large freckles that can get quite dark. Okay. People get things that I call barnacles, seborrheic keratoses, that can look like a mole. So many of them, some of them are environmental, many of them are genetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the key yeah. is to determine if one is changing. If you have a mole and it's never changed and you've had it for a long time, mm-hmm. it's not likely to be any trouble. If you have something on your skin that's changing or sore that won't heal, that's a skin cancer till proven otherwise. Now, what about the, uh, like a flat-looking brown, dark brown? Light, light colors are better than dark colors. Symmetry is better than a lack of symmetry. Uh, now, when you color. say symmetry, so are and a mirror image. You take a mirror and image, and you you draw a line down through the center of the okay. mole, and you say, is one side like the other, or are they okay. completely different? Is it a bizarre shape, or is it more of a symmetric? And, shape? But if it's almost always the same color, you're, you're, it's probably just a normal. The uniform color is better than heterogeneous color. Okay, better there than we multiple go. colors. Light color is better than dark color. Small is great, better than large. Smaller than a pencil eraser. So we do A, B, C, D when we look at moles. A is asymmetry. A lack of symmetry is not good. B is borders. Borders that okay. are irregular, jagged. If you take a pencil and you draw around it, it's a jagged line. Okay. Not as good. C is color. Multiple colors, not as good. D, diameter, bigger than a pencil eraser. Oh, That's wow. Good, 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 le- good learning. Now, uh, let's say the individual is out in the sun commonly through their occupation and their life. Uh, what is the recommendation of going to have a checkup even though they probably don't think they have anything? Uh, is it recommended to have a checkup ever so often? Well, it, it depends, again, on, on the change that a person has in their skin. But one interesting thing, and you, may, you and I may have talked about this once before. This is a study from the 1960s, quite some time ago in Great Britain. But the uh, individuals who had the most skin cancer were not the outdoor workers, okay? They were the people who worked in the offices. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and went to the Mediterranean oh. twice a year. Yeah. It would be the equivalent of our people right. who worked in the offices and go to Florida or Mexico. They never build up that underlying bit of tan or protection mm-hmm. on their skin or weathering on their skin, mm-hmm. they go down and they burn. And burning is the worst thing you can do. So I worry more about the people who have fair skin, uh, have an indoor occupation, mm-hmm. and then go someplace on vacation, and they're going to go out and enjoy themselves, so they burn, uh-huh. and they get these uh, infrequent, severe burns that mm-hmm. are going to be more likely to get a skin cancer than that person who's working outdoor burn, all the time. It, layer, it takes layers off. Right. Exactly. And, and now, have you uh, learned, and, you know, uh, we've, there's no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, but you've, have you learned, you've, you know, maybe you can explain to us why on the complexion they found there are no two skins on the face alike. They're using it for security reasons now, uh, whereas you could look at the, uh, the security to get through the door. You could use your eyes. They could use a fingerprint. 
Right. Or they could use a coat, but now they're using skin. What is it on the face of the skin that makes it so different, everyone? Well, it's, again, just the way the cells uh, okay. were originally uh, developed, the genetics of those cells, mm-hmm. the way they've come together, the way mm-hmm. they were exposed uh, mm-hmm. embryonically and then exposed throughout their whole life. So all mm-hmm. those things put an imprint, and that imprint is going to have uh, lasting effects that you'll be mm-hmm. able to identify. And every, no two people with the same imprint of skin on the face. Isn't that fascinating? Now, what are the ages of skin cancer, and how is it uh, growing, uh, the problem of it? Well, for various types of skin cancer, there are different age groups. The uh, most significant skin cancer is melanoma, and that has two age groups, one that starts at about age 25 or 30 and goes to about 40, and then a second peak of it that's after age 60. Mm -hmm. And that um, early peak has to do with what people do during their early childhood. The later peak probably has to do with what people do throughout their whole life. Mm -hmm. Now you're finding that young... Children have a, can- a skin cancer. Children role. not so frequently. They're still, you know, talking more and more about how we probably are missing that because we have this old bias that we think kids don't get uh, skin cancers mm-hmm. and they do, um, but it still remains not the the biggest peak. Mm-hmm. Um, the other skin cancers are squamous cell cancer and basal cell cancer, and those tend to come after age 40. But I've seen skin cancer at every age, and I've seen it on every part of the body, whether it was exposed to skin or not, and that's just in a small-town practice. Now, I've noticed, too, that, you know, the babies, from OB, uh, when they go home after birth, they're taking every bit of literature home, but they're not taking anything on education on the skin. Is that, has that changed? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, that, yeah it, um, they don't have... The education on learning how to visibly educate themselves about watching the skin on even a baby. So the baby's growing up, the doctor not even thinking about it. I, I would say that parents are more concerned about their children's skin and their exposure than they are about their own. What do you know about, and I know you're not an ophthalmologist, or, uh, but... What do you know about melanoma of the eye, which is also an influence of the skin around the eye? Uh, Do you know very much about that? Some of it is genetic, again, and some of it is uh, environmental. I would say there's probably a bit more genetic potential there than there is environmental, and Mm -hmm. the big problem there is that it's difficult to diagnose and difficult Mm -hmm. to uh, learn by the average individual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And often is uh, found later rather than earlier. I know. That's where my, uh, the foundation of uh, Save a Child's Life Foundation to recognize melanoma, learn that as an infant through your, the child's uh, growth is learn how to teach the child and recognize in case there is one uh, at all, and they have found it uh, rare cases, but it is there sure. and growing uh, seriously. Uh, in fact, they've even found one out of every 20,000 babies born could have a tumor in the eye and within two years, they have died. Uh, and so the education is vital, what you're teaching us today. What do you notice with uh, addiction, addictions and skin? What is that doing with the addiction of people and their skin uh, to disrupt all of the organs of the body, the liver, the kidney, the heart? Everything there is, the, the pancreas, everything there is. Have you learned anything about what the skin's functioning with addictions? Well, I don't mean just illegal drugs. I'm talking about legal drugs right. and all addiction. There, addiction, I think, is wise that you use it in a general term like that because some people look at individuals who tan a great deal and say that they have 
an addictive personality, not just addiction in terms of psychological, Mm -hmm. but there actually are some biochemical feedbacks that reinforce them to wish to continue to do that. So... Mm -hmm. um, in other words, they they just have to keep that. They, they essentially have to keep that. I mean, it, it yeah. depends on how hard you say that addiction is, but exactly. In fact, is, thank you for it doing is believed that. to be real. Yes. Yeah. In other words, if you have an, 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 a, a passion, a, mm-hmm. a, a craving to chocolate, a craving to more sodas, a craving I even call bun, bun, bungee jumping. Because if you know sometimes you shouldn't go because you right. didn't feel well and you've got to be alert, yeah. or you're taking more eye, do, more eye drops are being applied than you know the direction said, all the way through to whatever legal or illegal addiction, the skin organ is addicted to what you're doing. And, and at the other end of that, you know, is methamphetamine, yes. which is yes. an extremely addictive chemical compound. And those people, uh, when they have begun to have serious problems are identifiable readily by their skin, by right. the sores and the excoriations. And, and oh, I un- unfortunately, a lot of times doctors don't want to confront that. And, uh, you know, it's an obvious sign and uh, it doesn't get uh, dealt with well enough. Yeah. Now, before we go, because we only have a moment left, but I wanted to ask you real quickly, what would you educate your listener? Uh, and I hope we can someday, and by the way, listeners, he's a very busy man, but one day I hope to get your attention again. But what, how, what would you like to leave with our listeners worldwide on what they should know more about their skin function? Okay. Let me just touch on what you said in terms of my being so busy. Currently now I am booking patients in December of 08. We are in my. March of 08. Oh, my. So a patient who calls for an appointment with me is not being seen for a long time. Mm. That, I believe, will get worse um, because... Skin cancers are increasing, people's awareness of their skin and concerns about skin are increasing, and dermatology training programs are not increasing to keep up. Mm -hmm. The message I would give to people is you are your body's keeper, not just for your external organs, but for your internal organs as well. Anyone who believes that we are going to rely on the federal government to take care of all of us for any of our problems is, again, making a bargain with the devil. I say that pretty strongly, but mm-hmm. I believe that very strongly. Mm-hmm. One needs to take care of themselves. More proactive. One needs to watch out for themselves. Mm-hmm. One needs to prevent problems before they come along. Recognize problems early. Mm-hmm. Take the responsibility to mm-hmm. educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Look into things further for yourself. Question authority when someone says this is all fine, and uh, make sure that you're watching out for your own self. In other words, be proactive. Yes. Take a responsibility. Learn as much as you can. And then be your own evaluator. Whenever you hear even uh, a sure. show like this, go evaluate, go study, learn what you can. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you, Good to talk with I, you, Sharon. And I and hope I to really God that we can help you find something out there. I appreciate there your effort you're doing in that regard because well, together we're going to beat this not just locally. Yes, but, we will because uh, the skin is the most vital organ of the body. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. We're going to take a break from our show for a moment to listen to our sponsor and we have a really exciting second guest coming up we have two people and you're going to love hearing about uh, another hot springs and we'll be right back world talk radio discover the secret of nature's tears eye mist an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops when your tear film is dry your eyes feel dry Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. I want to welcome you back to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. Life, the power of water, how important that water is to us on this earth. What is for you? our growth on this earth as a civilization, but the earth is planet itself, to live in the solar system and have that water on the earth. And as we've learned, and I was being interviewed recently by some media here in the United States, and they said, Sharon, you became environmental conscious of the air we're living in so long ago. What? Why did you learn that so long ago? And today now, all of a sudden, we're learning that water therapy and hydrotherapy and the method of replenishing moisture natural to the eyes, natural to the skin, and more. What made you, well, how, why did you learn that? And I said, I learned that the indoor conditions of our life are worse than the outdoors, but the outdoors is getting dry. But we have today um, two people from the Arkansas Hot Springs um, National Park, Lisa Garvin and Steve Rudd. Are you both with us? Yes, we're both here. Um, we're not going to use the speaker phone because we're getting too much feedback. So oh, we'll we'll play it by ear. Okay, let's do. And and Steve, you're, let's tell us a little bit about before we get into the show about your background because I was fascinated. You went to Oregon State, and of course our show is from Oregon. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, it's even stranger than that. I understand you're in Grants Pass. Oh, I am, and I'm sitting on the, in the Rogue River Valley, right near the Rogue River in Grants Pass, Oregon. We played you for the high school 4A championship in 1965 at Multnomah Stadium, and I was there. Okay, and what, <laughs> where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Corvallis. Okay. <laughs> and I went well, to Oregon State, as you Okay, know. well, I grew up most of my life in Roseburg. So uh-huh. if you remember the Roseburg teams. <laughs> Not as much as I remember the black tornado from Medford. Well, that that's Medford. Grants Pass is the Grants Pass Caveman. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> the Caveman. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, Steve. And, and you went on to... Yeah, I went to uh, Illinois for a couple of years and the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana, and I got a master's. Yeah, and, and uh, then I noticed you're also, you've got a degree in climatology. I, my minors were in weather and climate, and in uh-huh. fact, I taught that as a teaching fellow at Illinois and later at the University of Colorado. All right. Now, uh, in, uh, in, uh, did you say Pennsylvania or Illinois? Illinois. Illinois, Okay. Now, today uh, you have on there with, uh, you've got Lisa. Uh, could she tell us a little bit about her world, or you think that's going to be, uh, because there's only one line going there, well, that we'll be talking to you more? No, confident. well, actually, we're, we're going to swap back as you like. I will hand her the phone and tell her the question. <laughs> okay, okay. What we're going to do then, start out, and I'm going to have, uh, what it, tell us about the Arkansas Hot Springs. It's a Hot Springs National Park. Yes. It's it's a very unique national park. There are 15 geothermal parks in the system within the 
national park system across the country, mm-hmm. but only one of them uh, produces water which is potable and, in fact, offered up to the public as a drinking source. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's us. And we're also the only one that produces warm water other than through volcanic activity. Now, what is the temperature of that water? The average temperature is about 143 degrees Fahrenheit or 61 degrees C. Wow. Um, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon. Uh, that's now, can the your result. background, before we go further, can explain to our audience all over the world what has happened there to make that unique miracle, uh, let's say a, a natural wonder of a hot springs, 143 degrees. What, what, what happened there? Do you, uh, you, with your background, could explain it. Yeah, it, it is a unique set of circumstances. This was ground zero um, 230, 240 million years ago. Now, we just said two, over 200 million years, million years ago. Yeah, it was ground zero for a shoving match, if you will, between volcanic two huge action. continental plates. Now, let's talk uh, understanding. We're laymen out here. Is that called uh, la- uh, volcanic action? No. No, this was tectonic action. Tectonic. It was literally pushing and shoving uh, of continental plates that were floating on a mag on the on the more viscous. So the Earth core. hadn't decided quite yet well, how it wanted to mellow out. In other words, lay flat or layer itself to calm down. Actually, it's this is still happening. That's why you've oh, got wow. volcanoes in Oregon and all the way the, around the mm-hmm. Alaskan archipelago. Mm-hmm. The plate tectonic idea, which is what we're we're kind of well, hitting on define here. Define that to us, so we understand what that what you just said. Define it. Okay, what we you've got is the hard rock that you and I walk on, mm-hmm. which are really a series of very large islands, if you will, floating on a more viscous, hot core. Mm-hmm. And the continents, of course, are made up of either one or more plates. Mm-hmm. And these plates ram into one another in certain locations. And when that happens, you get mountain building and you get volcanoes and earthquakes. Now, I want to ask you right there, because somebody's mind might run along with my thinking and ask a question. Is the Earth still doing that? Oh, yes. Now, do you feel it there more commonly because you've had such an activity there from the, from the beginning? No. This place is actually pretty stable right now. There has not been much seismic activity, and that's how geologists describe that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Oregon coast, the California coast, especially down around Los Angeles where the San Andreas Fault is active, Mm-hmm. Um, you get earthquakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the more active areas mm-hmm. with regards to continental plates um, are occurring now. Now, the continental plate is where you're at, and I'm a believer that you, Steve, affect the ecosystem as the earth at that spot is affecting our planet and everything about it. Uh, we all do. Everything does. It's part of the whole system. With your natural wonder there, uh, what is it affecting? What is the effects today that it is having with whatever is out there? Because it is definitely having serial a geothermal action. Has it slowed down? Has it gotten aggressive? 
does it take its peaks and come back and forth with with activity? What is what is with the heat? Let's say, is there a change in the heat, or has it gotten hotter? Is it stale the same as it way it what began? Actually, that's a that's a very interesting idea because we are experiencing a lot of urban growth right around the park in the city. Mm-hmm. That urban growth is now. What city are you close to? Hot Springs. The city oh, of Hot, Hot Springs, Springs. The city actually surrounds Hot Springs National Park. Okay. It didn't used to be here, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bottom line is this city is growing very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as that happens, man-caused disturbances are creating some problems that have the ability to impact the geothermal springs, and we're concerned about that. Now, let's, you know, I'm not a, I've been, I've been, uh, swinging on grapevines, swimming in the rivers, climbing the mountains, studying for the last 30 years now on nature and what makes us all naturally that ideal miracle. You just said something. We don't want to be demonstrations. I don't believe in demonstrating to get something, awareness to be what should be thought about and think very carefully, mankind, what we're doing to our earth for a lifetime, for eternity. I even had Steve, a scientist on the air, he said, Sharon, I don't even know if we'll have the word eternity someday because of what's happening. That if you change something with that ecosystem of where you're at and what's happening there, so that's affecting uh, the whole planet. People don't think that way. It's like what's happening in China affects our planet. What changes in your area affects us. When something over in Grants Pass, Oregon, or wherever, it's changing, it makes a change. It doesn't happen quickly. It's subtle. But we're forgetting about the future of our civilization and our whole existence to have an eternity. So when you're sitting in a hot springs national park, which the state of Arkansas owns, that no, no, the federal government owns it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. I apologize. And the federal government owns. So outside that perimeter, now how big is the park itself? We're actually the smallest unit that actually carries the name National Park. Okay. We're only about 5,500 acres. Okay. So, but that's a nice size. So outside of there, though, you've had a lot of growth with civilization moving in toward you. Correct. Okay, so the civilization has been changing a lot that is happening to the nature of that uh, hot springs and the miracle wonder that you have there. Now, did you build lodges in the park and so people can come and enjoy that? Well, that's, that's another thing which was an interesting evolution. Let me, that would take me longer than we've got to describe, but okay. let me point something very important out. At least I think it's important. This place was created in 1832. Uh It was set aside by Congress in 1832 to protect a unique natural resource, and that being the geothermal springs. Uh That marked the first time in the history of the world Uh that any government body had ever dedicated a piece of real estate to the protection of a natural resource. Now, was that by chance, because I've done a lot of European research on waters and uniquenesses, the people in foreign countries, especially in Europe, valued those waters more. Did they come and visit and, 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 and give any encouragement, influence that that could, should be designated as a natural wonder? 
or was I, this? I don't know that that played any part in the original setting aside of the reservation. Mm-hmm. We didn't become a national park until 1921. Okay. Um, but we were set aside as a federal reservation. Remember, the Park Service didn't exist until 1916. Right. But interestingly enough, Yellowstone was not created until 1872, mm-hmm. and so this place is arguably the most aged, if you will, of all of the units in the National Park Service, mm-hmm. and we predate Yellowstone by 40 years. Aye. Okay, now, uh, are there, do people come there for any uh, therapy? Is it, yes. Oh, I yes. bet they do from all over the world. Yeah, we, we have a following of individuals that, you know, come here once, twice a year for that purpose. And, in fact, we do have therapeutic bathing and massages going on in the park. Um, Bathhouse Row Ah. consists of a number of historic bathhouses that date back a ways. The the current Hale Bathhouse is the oldest uh, of the remaining ones down here, and that foundation was laid down in the 1890s. Now, to come to the website, I have in front of me, too, the, uh, the beautiful history of the park and art, the beautiful art, uh, the women's bath hall and the mural and the art and all the portraits and the beauty that you've created for your history. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen one quite as extensive in our country. It's definitely worth a trip. What, what is the website? Could you tell us to go find it? It's, uh, it's, you can get at it from the National Park Service's main website. Uh, you can just plug NPS for National Park Service into a search engine, mm-hmm. uh, or you can just put in National Park Service in a search engine, and, then, and it'll pull you up to the point where you can then click on the specific park. Okay, and it would be the hot, but it would be Hot Springs National Park. Correct. Okay, in Arkansas. Yes. So they would know that. Yeah. Now I noticed it. Uh, my gosh! Now are those bathhouses and and all of the different accommodations? Uh, they're still there. Are they? Have they been torn down and made looking modern, or are they all still looking like they've been there for a while? No, they've been completely renovated. However, that's inside. Mm-hmm. The exterior is largely untouched. Oh, We're good. fairly fastidious about that. Um, and in fact, we have just nearly completed a renovation of everything on the row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while several of them had been vacant for a while because that form of recreation fell out of favor a number of decades ago, mm-hmm. there appears to be a resurgence going on. And we, in fact, have just leased one of the newly refurbished uh, bathhouses, the Quapaw, for that purpose again, and it will be opening to the public. So you're saying there's a resurgence of people wanting to go recreation for therapy, and you find more people coming. Yes. Again. Then, well, I hope our show is working toward that because you know how the water is the source of life. Water is your life. You must learn that moisturizing the skin, opening and detoxifying, lubrication, suppleness, and flexibility, and stress release, and we could go on, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what have can I say? have doctors on staff there, or people just check in, and they're kind of on their own to do what they want to do? 
You can well understand that we don't operate hotels inside the park. However, right across the street downtown, the old downtown, is the city of Hot Springs. Okay. And they have actually a convention center that's very close to us. Okay. that's brand new. Uh huh. Um, and so people What's will come and airport? Stay. Do you have an airport there too? Yes. Uh, well, Little Rock is only an hour away, and that's okay. a big airport. Okay. But it is possible. To and how fly far is Bentonville, where the famous Walmart is at? Oh well, they're all over the place down here. No, I meant the Bentonville corporate. Is yes, there. that one's about three hours drive. Okay. Okay. Well, Arkansas is famous now, for, has always been for your hot springs, but you've got the Walmart and you've got Tyson Chicken and the, what's it, the big trucking company and. Arkansas grew up to be such a small state to become owl and a former president, Bill Clinton. True. Yeah. In fact, he went to high school here. Did Oh, did he at Hot Springs? Yes. I bet he Okay. Well, and I wanted to ask you before we go, did uh, President Roosevelt had a, a very serious uh, uh, disability. Did he go to your Hot Springs? Because he went to quite a few to, to, for therapy. I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but I'll bet Lisa does. Let's ask her. And thank you, Steve. I'm sorry? I I said thank you for your time, and maybe we can ask Lisa. Yeah, I'm going to put her on right now. Okay, thank you. And you have a nice day, Steve. You too, and enjoy Grant's Pass. Oh, thank you. FDR. Um, Franklin Roosevelt didn't take the baths here. Um, He went to Warm Springs, Georgia, and um, and, and, uh, participated there in the bath process, and I think he even invested uh, money in that uh, business there. But he did come to Hot Springs, and uh, I think he gave a speech, and and I'm sure Uh met many of the business people here in the area. Yeah, I know. uh, There was quite a story about where he would get his therapy at different uh, Hot Springs. And how long have you been with the Hot Springs? Uh, well, I've been with the Park Service uh, almost 25 years, and oh. I've been here since uh, 1993. Oh, my goodness. And, and do you indulge yourself personally, Lisa? Uh, yeah. Actually, everyone that works here has a bath and massage as part of their initial oh. training. So it's a wonderful part of the, oh. uh, uh, of the 40 hours of training that you get. Oh, your my goodness. You get oh to try the gosh, bath. A bath and a massage. Yeah. Now, when a, you take a, great... a bath, I'm sorry the show's going to be over here in one moment, but when you have a bath, what's the temperature of that particular bath? Um, they have it at 98 to 100 degrees, okay. and it's a 20-minute bath, and it's really very relaxing. Oh, Everybody that comes enjoys it. Yes, and detoxifying and lubricating and moisturizing. What is real moisture? It's not the cream. It's the water. Yeah, the water here is just wonderful. Uh, people in the community. Oh, wait, do you know by chance the pH of the water? Uh, hold on just a second. The pH of the water? It's very close to neutral. Uh, Steve said it's very close to neutral. Okay. Okay. But it's it's very close to neutral. People drink it more than they... Here's Steve back again. Okay, thank you, Lisa. Folks actually come here to take water home in jugs. So is it very salty? Uh, No, no. it's, uh, It's such good quality water that people prefer it over any of the domestic sources. Wow. We, we get folks from other states coming in here with pickup truck loads of empty containers. Oh. We have several Sorry. free jugs. I have jugs to go. Out. Our show is, I, we'll have to do this again. I enjoyed every moment of it. Well, good. We did, too. You have a nice day, and thank you for joining us. All right. You, too. Thank you. Well, our secrets, those miracles that have been there from the beginning. You heard over millions of years ago the hot springs, but Earth's secret. Embrace your life every precious moment because Earth is living with you 
you're living with the earth where earth is whispering never say goodbye have a nice day Thank you.